0: I'm the youth pastor here at Connect. Uh, my name is Justin Kilpatrick. I know there's a lot of new people here, so maybe uh, not all of you uh, know me, but um, I, me and my wife are the youth pastors. I actually have a picture of my amazing, oh, thanks, Andy, a uh, picture of my family uh, right up here. This is my uh, beautiful wife, Caitlin, um, and we have been married for eight years now. We just celebrated our eight year anniversary um, a few weeks ago. Thank you. Thank you. She's put up with me for eight years, Um, and these are our two uh, beautiful kids, Rowan, uh, the little boy here. He is three years old, and Luna is one. Um, He's not choking her out. Um, He's trying to tickle her so that she'll smile for the picture. Uh, We're going to go with that story. But yeah, that's my amazing family, uh, and they help me uh, lead here. And then also, um, we have an amazing group of youth volunteers. A lot of them are down here, and they uh, take their time every Sunday um, night going uh, to youth group and serving in our youth group, and they take their Tuesday nights and Thursdays and all that stuff going to games um, and they really help lead um, our youth. so would you guys just uh, help me give them a round of applause, uh, thanking them for everything um, that they do? And like I said, um, I really do think it's a privilege i really I understand that sending your kids to uh, to youth once a week and hearing from some random person um, is a step of faith, uh, so thank you. I don't take it lightly. Uh, we love your students. We love talking to them. We love this next generation. We are super um, pumped and hopeful for what is coming in this next generation. Um, and just real quick, I was reading a study um, a couple weeks ago, and it was this group, and they have been studying over the um, past years and asking parents, uh, parents and teachers and leaders, um, what is your opinion of Gen Z? Gen Z is pretty much anyone 21 and under right now. What's your opinion of them? And they went through thousands of people and they narrowed it all down. Almost all of them came back to one of two answers. One of two things. And the first one was frustration. And the second one was fear. Uh, Fear for them, not fear of them. They're not afraid of them. (laughs) Fear and frustration. And if I can just take a minute to talk to um, our youth and our Gen Z, um, that is not the way that we here at Connect feel about you. We know that God has an amazing plan for your lives, every single one of you, whether you're in Gen Z or whether you're older or anything. But God has an amazing plan for your life. And I don't see you, I don't, I'm not frustrated or fearful for you. I see you as determined. I see you as seeking purpose. Um, you want more for your, the community, for your lives, for your friends, for uh, this nation, for this world. I see you as determined and purpose-seeking. And when you truly get a hold of your identity in Christ, you guys will be able to change this world in a way like no generation has ever before. And if you're a parent or if you're a leader or anything of a Gen Z uh, kid or a student, I want to just ask you guys to, we understand that you want the best for them. I totally get that. But let's just help them. Let's just encourage them. Let's just push them forward to what God has for them. And instead of being fearful or frustrated, let's tell them that they have potential Let's show them that we care about them. Let's help by leading by example. Let's show them uh, the way to treat people. Let's just uh, help them, push them into the real world, and then when they fail, let them know it's okay to fail. Pick them back up and push them right back into the game because they are our future. They are our amazing. Um, And let's stop asking the question, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think that's the wrong question to ask. Um, I find myself asking it all the time. What do you wanna be, grow up? What do you wanna be? It's not as important about what you do, but it's more important about how you do it. Let's start asking them, how do you wanna be when you grow up? How do you wanna treat people? So wherever you go, um, how do you wanna treat them? And then let's just do that by leading by example, um, showing them we love them, cool? Um, I'll get off my uh, youth pastor soapbox here uh, now, and we'll actually get in into the message here. Um, And this message, I am super excited. Um, I have been kind of praying about this, and as leaders and as a family, we've been talking a lot about this for the past uh, few months, really. Um, I feel like God has put it on my heart. But before we start, um, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for uh, everything that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that we get to come here. We get to worship together as a large group, and we get just to uh, glorify you and praise you and give the praise back to you. Help um, what I say today not be words of my own. Help them be words that, God, that you want to speak through me, that you want these uh, people to know, Gen Z and older. Um, Help it be from you and not from me. Dear God, please help the Vikings continue the streak and win today. In your name, amen, amen. Any Vikings fans? Hey, uh, every year, we start off slow, we have an amazing middle of the season, and then we tank it at the end. So hopefully this year is hopefully this year is not that. Um, I've titled this message today, um, Flying Blind, Flying Blind, um, not just because my notes are really small, I realize i am can't read this text very well, um, so I don't know where we're going to go today, uh, or when we'll end. But we'll get there. Um, but flying blind. Um, but before we get going, um, I I'm just I'm loud, like, and I move around a lot. You'll see, like the camera guys. I'm going to be over here. I'm going to be over here. Um, I I'm just <laughs> exactly exactly. I'm a pacer. I like I, I just get excited. I am pumped up. I get excited about a lot of things. And one of the things, if you know me, that I'm excited about uh, currently is spicy food. I love, love spicy food. Um, I have a friend, Francisco. He makes the best uh, spicy um, salsa. It is amazing. He puts ghost peppers in it. It is so good. Um, But when I don't get salsa from him, I, I like to... Kinda, I'm a salsa connoisseur. I like to make my own salsa sometimes, um, so I'm like cutting up all this ingredients and mixing it together and making salsa, and I love it. Uh, and a couple of years ago, when I was first getting into this spicy phase of mine, um, I remember my wife and one of our friends, we were at home at our house, and we were like, we're going to make some salsa. So we start making salsa, and I get the peppers, and we're cutting the peppers up, and we got music playing. We're like dancing. I mean, it's awesome. It's great. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to put a little spice in this. So I get to the end, and I get jalapenos out, and I start slicing these jalapenos. I'm cutting them up. It's going great. It's going great. I'm just, oh, I'm like thinking about the salsa, how great it's going to be, until a seed of the jalapeno pops up and sticks directly into my eyeball. No joke. I was screaming. I was like, ah! I was freaking out. I thought I was going to, like, die. I was like, can you die from getting a jalapeno in the eye? Because I think I'm about to. I'm yelling. Caitlin and my friend are like, they can't understand what I'm saying. So they're just like, they don't know what's going on. I'm running over to the faucet. I'm like, like rinsing my face under and like finally they realize like all jalapeno something. I'm still like, I'm running over to the fridge. I'm opening it up. I'm dumping like milk in my eyes. Like, like just a mess all over the kitchen. And, and, um, my wife is probably one of the best medical professionals I've ever seen because she uses Google like a wizard. So she she Googled uh, what do you do when something spicy gets stuck in the eye, and she's found that you like rip bread open and shove bread in your eyes. So she goes over and like rips bread out of the pantry, and they're like pushing it on my eyes, and I'm like, and I'm sitting here, and I am just like, like, it's terrible. But the bread helped. It did. So if you just Pro tip for you, uh, if you ever get a jalapeno in the eye, shove some bread in it, it'll solve it right up. But I thought I was going blind. I, it, was, it was terrible, it was one of the worst pains I've ever had. And I thought I was never gonna see again. Uh, but that is nothing compared to um, a story that I heard a couple months ago of a guy named Lex, Lex Gillette. And Lex um, could see his whole life, he could see growing up. Um, and when he, be- he was younger, he was around eight years old, all of a sudden he started having blurry vision. And he was blurry, and he kind of he woke up one day and it was a little blurry, and it's kind of fuzzy, and he was seeing double, he's a little, little dizzy. Um, and he told his mom about it and they took him in to get him checked out. And over the next couple of years, uh, they kept, it kept being worse and worse. And he had over 13 surgeries on his eye and he had retina detachment and he actually went hundred percent permanently blind at the age of eight, eight to nine. And he couldn't see, so what he started a life of being able to see, this uh, totally kind of average life, he then had to readjust everything and learn how, to, learn how to function in the world without seeing. And I think it was amazing because um, Lex didn't let this kind of ruin his life. Lex didn't let this stop everything that he did. Lex loved sports. He was a big sports fan. He loved playing sports, playing video games, sports video games. He loved doing that. And he still wanted to do this. And his mom uh, was another big factor in his life. His mom pushed him and said, like, hey, this blindness doesn't define you. This, you can do whatever you want. She even pushed him, she, instead of uh, taking him to a a school where they could kinda help with his blindness and and cater towards that, she left him in regular school, um, in regular um, public schools, because she wanted him to adjust. She said, I know you can do this. And uh, Lex went on, his love for sports kept going on, he played as many sports as possible, and he, As he got older and older, he had a love for track and field, and especially long jump and he started being amazing at long jump. He was like breaking records, and everyone's like, what is going on? This guy, he's totally blind, he's amazing at long jump. And Lex today is actually a Paralympic athlete for the United States, and he jumps in competitions all across the world. He's been in the Olympics, the Paralympics, he's been in the World Championships, and he is a long jumper, and he goes flying through the air completely blind. Now, I'm going to need your help on this next part. Could you all stand up for me? Stand up. Everybody. Stand on up. Now, close your eyes. Now, I'm going to throw a basketball to you. and <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to throw a basketball at you. <laughs> but everybody with your eyes closed, if you're able to do this, on the count of three, I'm asking you just to jump straight in the air without opening your eyes and land. One, two, three, jump. All right, thank you. You can go ahead and sit down. You can open your eyes and sit down. (laughs) Now, I'm sure uh, that might've been one of the most difficult times you've ever jumped in the air and landed. It's a lot different to make a jump when you can't see the landing. It's way more difficult, even just that high, to make a jump when you can't see where you're jumping or where you're going to land. And Lex jumps between 10 and 20 feet. He is flying through the air. You saw, he was like this high off the ground. Um, And he flies through the air and he has to make the leap without knowing where to land. Now, uh, in the Bible, I feel like the disciples had this exact feeling all the time. Having to make a leap without knowing where to go, having to follow Jesus, having to take a step without knowing what's around the next corner, not knowing what they're going to eat the next day, not knowing if they're going to have a job or if they're going to get killed. They had to take steps of faith. They had to jump without knowing where the landing was. Jump with faith. And I think uh, no stories tell it any better than uh, the one in Mark 14 um, is where we're going to be today. Mark 14, uh, verse 24, it picks up, and the uh, disciples are in a boat. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. They were far away from land. It was just the disciples. And for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified in fear. They cried out, ah, it's a ghost. They didn't say, they didn't say the hopper, ha part, uh, but they said, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter gets a brilliant idea. So then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to you walking on the water. It's like Jesus, if that's you and you're walking on the water, then why don't I just come walking on the water? So Jesus says to him, "Yes, come." Which I'm sure Peter was like, "I didn't think you would actually say that." (laughs) Like, are you serious? You sure? I was just testing you. Uh, But when when Jesus calls your name uh, to come to him, and you're a disciple. You listen, (laughs) you come. So Peter jumps up and it says, so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves around him, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have such little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. They worshipped him. Soggy clothes and all, soggy Peter and everything. They sat there and they worshipped him. And I love this story um, because I think sometimes we focus on Peter's falling. But I think it was amazing. Like one of two people, not counting David Blaine or whatever like that fake magic stuff is. One of two people to ever walk on the water. He had to take that step and he actually got to do it. He actually got to walk on the water. And my question for you today is, what is going on in your life? What are you facing right now that is requiring you to make a leap? Make a leap without uh, seeing. Requiring you to take that next step in following God. And everybody's just gonna be different, but I believe that God has a plan for every single person And he is calling us. He's saying, come, all I need you to do is take the leap. So what is yours? As I uh, did a little more research into Lex's story, um, it was amazing to find out um, how he does this. You see, Lex doesn't do this alone. He's not just by himself. He actually has a coach that helps him. You see, Lex doesn't, if you know anything about long jump, they don't just... um, stand here and then say, okay, go and then jump. What they do is they actually uh, start 131 feet away and they start all the way down and they line up and then they run all the way down the runway and when they get to the mark right before the jump pit, they take a huge leap and they jump. But Lex doesn't do this alone. Lex has a coach and what that coach does is let it, he walks Lex all the way down walks Lex down to the, start, the starting point of the runway and he stands him there. He points him in the right direction and he jogs on down and Lex stays there. Lex sits and waits and he sits and waits and he stays right there. And he waits and his coach walks all the way down standing at the edge of the pit and he says, Lex! <laughs> he doesn't say that part, I don't think, but he says, Lex! He calls his name. I'd say whoop, whoop, uh, if it was me, if I was Lex's coach. She says, Lex, and he yells out so Lex can hear him. He can hear the direction where his coach is. And Lex gets ready. Coach yells it again, Lex. And when Lex is ready, he nods and gets going. And he's waiting. And he hears his coach call his name. And then the coach begins to yell, fly, fly, fly fly. And as he's yelling, fly, Lex takes off in the direction of his coach yelling the word fly. And he follows them and he gets faster and faster as he goes on. And he gets all the way down, uh, running full speed. And as soon as he gets to where he hears the coach, he jumps and flies through the air, past the coach, right into the big pit and lands. Flies right there. You see, Lex would never be able to jump the way that he could. Lex would never be able to do the long jump on his own. He needs a coach to help him. And maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you have a a calling on your life. Maybe you have this feeling that you just feel like, God, God's telling me to do this. But in your eyes, it's impossible. It's impossible to do. And honestly, maybe with just your eyes, it is impossible to do. But with God's eyes and with God guiding you, uh, anything is possible. He's going to make things happen that you've never seen before. He's going to open doors that you have no idea. Um, I've, I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this. And God is our coach and he is just at the jumping line. And he is calling our name. He's yelling out to us and he's saying, fly, fly. Fly, all you have to do is hear God's voice and run and follow. Now, I know um, what you're thinking. Maybe you're like, I, I'm not sure about this whole uh, you know, Christianity thing. I don't know where I'm at. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. Um, this is for everybody. I believe that no matter where you're at or no matter what you believe, God wants a relationship with you and he is calling your name and asking you to run towards him. But what happens when we can't hear God's voice? What happens when we feel like, I don't know what? Is he calling me? What is he saying to me? I feel like I heard him maybe one time, maybe back when I was a teenager, when I was younger, but now as I get into life, um, I can't hear God's voice. I can't hear what he's calling me to do. I can't hear um, what he's saying to me. Lex recently had this same issue. In a couple of years ago, um, in the Rio uh, Olympic Games, the Rio Paralympic Games happened right after the regular one. Uh, this was the biggest stage Lex has ever been on as a long jumper. This was the biggest stage he'd ever been on and it's a huge competition, obviously it's the Olympics. Um, and he goes to it, he's been training for years for this. He's been training over and over and over again, and he goes there, and um, if at at Paralympic activities, at Paralympic meets, it's a little bit different than a regular meet because um, they understand that the athletes have some disabilities, so they act differently, Uh, the timers, the crowd, all that kind of stuff, and in these Paralympic um, games and these long jumpers, since they can't see, the crowd knows to just naturally be quiet. Keep it lower um, so that they can hear their coach, so that everybody can have kind of a fair go. Um, But on this day um, at the Rio Paralympics, for some reason, the crowd, uh, they either didn't know this rule, they didn't care to follow it, they weren't paying attention, whatever. And the crowd was just, maybe it was the nice Rio weather, you know, firing them up. Maybe it was the spicy food, I don't know. (laughs) and they were just excited. They were going, um, and they were cheering, and, and, and Lex is like, okay, well, you know, you got to go. You can't not jump. Came all the way to Rio for this. It's the biggest stage. So he goes, and his, his, coach, his coach takes him like usual, sets him on the line, runs all the way down to where the pit's at, and he's sitting there, and Lex is listening, and he yells, Lex! Lex! And he has to yell a couple times. Finally, Lex hears it. Lex understands. He's like, okay, I got it. My coach is there. And he's waiting. And his coach begins to yell, fly, 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 just like regular. And even though it's kind of hard to hear, he, he faintly hears it. He understands, okay, I'm pointing in the right direction. So he begins to follow the voice of his coach. And he begins to follow. And he's, he's running, And as he starts to run, um, the crowd fires up. The crowd gets going and he can't hear what his coach is saying. He slowly uh, loses track of his coach's voice and he veers off just slightly to run, to run, to run. And when the time comes where he's supposed to jump, he is off the side of the track, jumps and completely crashes and misses the pit altogether because he couldn't hear his voice. He couldn't hear the coach's voice. So my question for you today is what are the voices? What are the outside noises or distractions that are in your life that are causing you to lose track of or not be able to hear the voice of God in your life? What are the things outside that are preventing you from hearing God's plan, preventing you from knowing where to go? Um, We all have them. We all have these things. And I believe that all of us were created for a purpose, and that purpose is to love God, love others, and point others towards God love God, love others, and point others towards God. And I'm not asking you all to uh, just become, like quit everything you do, become a preacher, preach on on stages or whatever, or quit your job and move uh, to a third world country and become a missionary. I'm not asking you that, I'm just asking you that every single one of you, every single one of you here is called to ministry right where you're at. Every single one. We don't need more preachers uh, to come into ministry or or missionaries to come into ministry. We need you. You are called to ministry. You as a teacher are called into ministry to show the love of God to the students that you have, to care for them, to love them, to be someone that they have a stability with, to be someone that believes in them. Businessmen, businesswomen, you are called to ministry. In your, in your jobs and the people that you lead by leading with integrity, by leading with respect, by looking different than maybe some other uh, bosses or other employees that they've had, by showing them the love of God. Doctors, nurses, you are called to ministry. In some of the most difficult times a family can go through, you are there and you can comfort them, you can love them, you can show them God's love. moms. Whether you're working or whether you're not, you are called to ministry. You have such an important job, moms, dads. You are shaping the next generation. You are speaking life into the next group that is growing up. You are called to ministry in your everyday lives. You are called to do that. We need that. You know, as a youth group, um, we've been kind of following this series over the past couple weeks and we've been talking um, about the idea of worship and fasting. Worship and fasting. And we talked about worship and our everyday lives and what that looks like and how fasting uh, plays into that. And we said how worship uh, isn't just what happens here on stage on Sunday mornings. not just uh, music. It's not just things we're singing. But worship is something that we can live out our everyday in our everyday lives. It's something that we can live, we can focus on. And we said how worship is just aligning our priorities with God's priorities. That's all it is. Aligning our priorities with God and taking time out of our everyday life to stop, to notice where God is in our everyday life, to notice the people around us and align our priorities with his priorities. And we talked about fasting um, and we asked Uh, the youth group all to fast something. We didn't tell them not to eat anything. Uh, We tried to tell a middle schooler not to eat food. You're not going to succeed. And so we asked them to fast things. And what that was, was that was just asking them to do something, to give up something in their life that was causing a distraction, that was causing them to miss out on what God was saying, to miss out on everyday life worship, to miss out on the plan that God has called them. The focus, the focus of aligning our priorities with God's priorities. And the reason why it's so difficult is because our culture is full of distractions. Our culture is full of constant noise and constant distractions and constant voices. And maybe it's different for every one of you. Maybe for you, it's work. Maybe you're focused on work so much. Maybe for you, it's this little thing right here, your cell phone. Um, I know for me, that was one of the big ones. One thing I'm fasting over this past couple of weeks was social media. Maybe that's the distraction for you. There's these voice, this scroll, this constant scroll of comparison. Maybe for you, it's your jam packed schedule. Maybe for you, it's you've packed so much in. You're so busy. You've got work. You've got house. you got to keep up with the house. You've got um, travel. You've got kids that are in three different uh, travel sports all year round. And you're running, and running, and running. And you get home, and you're wiped out by the end of the night just in time to throw on an episode of The Office to watch before you fall asleep. And we pack our schedules from morning to night. And we pack them so full. And none of these things are bad. These all are not bad things. Please uh, hear me that. I'm not saying to quit all these things, but I'm saying, are they causing distractions that are causing you not to hear from God's voice? Or maybe it's our constant pursuit for success, our constant pursuit for the American dream. You guys have heard it. You guys have said it, I've said it, I've heard it when I was younger. It's all about, hey, what are you gonna be when you grow up? What are you gonna be we hear it, we say, go to school, focus really hard on your grades so you can get good grades so that you can get into a good college and you can be in extracurricular activities so you can have a really good degree so that eventually you can get a really good job and you can you can get a good job and you can meet somebody nice, you can get married, you can get that dream car and that white picket fence and then you'll be happy. And in our affluent world and our affluent uh, part of uh, the country, for most of us, that happens. For most of us, for a lot of us, we get that. And we are looking around and we are seeing a culture that is more anxious, that is more depressed, that is more searching for answers than ever before. Because no matter what, it is not enough. If we are not focused on God and we are not focused on the calling that he has for our life, focused on building the kingdom of God, when we get everything that we thought we wanted, when we get everything that were to these distractions, we realize that it is not enough. We have traded the kingdom of God for the American dream. And I want to encourage you guys today. Um, we're going to challenge you guys. Um, I'm going to ask you to take a step. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or to you know, step up to the front or anything like that. But I'm going to ask you to all stand with us right now. Everyone stand up across this. We're going to be ending this service here pretty soon. And as we end here, we're going to just identify something. I want you all to identify in your lives. You know there's noise. I'm sure when I said noise and distractions, you naturally thought of something. You were like, oh, that's mine. That's mine. I want to challenge you To identify the distractions that are in your life that are causing you from hearing the voice of God. Would you all close your eyes? And as we take this moment, we pray. I want you to pray with me that God, we want to run after you, we want to run your will. We want your will over everything. We want to eliminate the distractions in our life. We want to get rid of these things because we want to focus on you. And no matter where we are or no matter where we came from or no matter what we've done, we know that you love us That you have a relationship with us and you are calling our name to fly, fly,